You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey all, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 127 and my name is Clark from 5cardguys on Instagram and 5cardguys.com. With me as usual is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and filling in for John once again this week is, you guessed it, Will. Always good to have you on the pod, Will. <laughs> thumbs up, he gives a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> so off, off the top today, we'll just get right into it. There was an interesting interview that Josh Luber, you remember him? Um, oh, yeah. I believe he's still in charge of the zero cool cards that focus on pop culture trading cards. But anyway, he was uh, he was talking on the Luca Tiger LeBron podcast recently, and he mentioned that he thinks, to paraphrase, there needs to be more consolidation of the different buying and selling platforms currently out there, so that most of the supply can be in one place to create true liquidity and true markets for the cards. In other words, he thinks right now there's too much fragmentation, which creates this volatility in some card prices because for instance it could have been sold for super cheap if it was on a platform that didn't have much visibility to begin with and i'd imagine then that becomes a new comp right so so what do you guys think of uh what josh luber suggesting to have sort of a main stock exchange so to speak for cards isn't isn't that part of the chase though (laughs) finding the good (laughs) deals like I, I like mm-hmm. when I go look for cards, I'm like, yo, I got this out at blowout forums. Like nobody knows about blowout forums. Like <laughs> right. I'm glad nobody knows about blowout forums because I just got a deal. Like that's part of the chase is the hobby. So I don't know necessarily if I get what he's saying is it's, it, it sounds more like there needs to be technology with more data that allows us to understand if something's selling or at least it gets the most eyes. So it's, it's reg- somewhat regulated. He used the, I think right. the Michael Jordan BGS nine for as an, example, as an example, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's tough because there's so many cards in baseball and sports cards in general that like, I don't think it's feasible to do it. I think all at once where now we follow this, this one system where that's, the be all say all of, of things. Mm-hmm. I think part of a lot of hobbyists is the chase. So there's going to be a lot of private sales where we don't use platforms and it doesn't necessarily have to be the comp, uh, that, you know, is on the black market, let's say in the new right. market that they're talking about is, you know, the eBay, PWCC, all those marketplaces where they're all aligned in terms of value and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, think that it's a huge issue because then you're discounting the hobbyists who who enjoy stuff like that because it's not necessarily all about the money at times right you're you might just be trying to make lateral moves or making trades uh so that's given that you want regulation in a in a official marketplace of sports cards which i think it's inevitable to be honest eventually but i just don't think it's going to be like oh yeah everybody's on this and it's the best thing ever because i think there's there's another side to it too Mm, i get that yeah that's that's actually kind of changed my opinion uh from when you originally shared this with us clark Mm. yeah that idea of like you know sometimes you're able to get a steal originally my my thought was like yeah it's kind of annoying because sometimes i'll see a pretty rare card that i have sell on a pwcc auction and it's like oh i know that nobody had eyeballs on that yeah or like on an ebay listing where it was improperly listed and then so and like somebody sold it for or like people didn't bid on it because they didn't see it or you know when somebody bids like um puts a bin offer or puts a bin on a card that's a thousand dollars but they don't know the value so they they sold it for 200 and then all of a sudden that's the comp and so like i get what josh luber's saying like oh we want to hammer out some of those inefficiencies and whatnot but that's also the fun of the hobby right like Mm. this all kind of stems from our childhood 
like being on be, being out on recess and just trading cards with friends and you know collecting and and all that kind of stuff so i i don't know i i kind of like what hyung was saying i, I think there's a lot of fun in meeting people and and sure going through different avenues and and finding steals and deals and like Kyung said a lot of the deals that happen are in person right like at trade shows and whatever i am annoyed about the comps thing i feel like <laughs> nobody wants to comp my cards at the same value as <laughs> their own cards but that's a right. that's a different thing <laughs> that's hobby logic yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i mean um when I first saw this, I think it's actually, I think you mentioned it already, Hyung. Like, I think it's inevitable that we're going to go to this main system where whatever it is, if it stays eBay or if it's something else, another buying selling platform, uh, where the majority of cards can be bought and sold and have the most eyeballs, right? Um, but in the meantime, I think there's good buying opportunities for savvy buyers out there. Like, you know, if it's inevitable, I don't know how long it'll take. This is the opportunity to look at other places, whether it's PWCC auctions or Golden even. Um, just try to take advantage of it as much as possible before things become consolidated. Because I think with tech, it's just natural for things to become more consolidated. The bigger um, tech uh, company usually wins out. You know, They just throw money into it and it just becomes about convenience at, at right. a certain point. right? So I think, I think it's inevitable that way. But uh, in the meantime... Yeah, lots of good opportunities, and and uh, I guess to both your guys' points, like the trade shows will always be there, right? So I think um, that they'll be at least we'll have that moving forward. Even if there's a one major buying selling platform, there's always the trade shows where we can wheel and deal, and hopefully get some good deals still moving forward. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Let's move on now to hobby headlines. So here in Toronto, we have the biggest card show coming up next weekend. It's the Sports Card Expo. And I know we're all going to try to make it. And one thing I know that we're all at least going to try is to trade some of our current cards for something we like better, right? And and Hyung, you've uh, been on the dealer side of, of the shows. So, um, you know, uh, you've had trading experience. Um, just curious to hear your thoughts on this too. But just generally for this episode, I thought we could focus on essentially the art of the trade like mm. when you look to trade your cards is there anything you look for um in a trading partner are there any rules you go by to try to make a trade possible do you have the same or different game plan when you go to card show or trade show each time yeah just throwing it out there what do you guys think in terms of making good trades well one i think personally trades are the way to go um especially if 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 you're new near to the hobby you know you don't want to constantly trigger you know sales events unless you're mm. a, a dealer you have an llc you know you have a legit business that you know you're allowed to accept all these payments so a lot of people you know they they, they do well maybe in the off season they're getting excited to maybe right. sell some slabs um and then they accept all this e- e- email transfer here in canada at least we have email transfer which yeah. is so weird i don't know why the u.s doesn't have email transfer now that i think about it. <laughs> it's it's the most ridiculous That's it's the most weird. convenient thing you literally send an email and you can send money over it's the best it's the best it's like (laughs) paypal but like connected to your bank so anyways uh yeah like um uh trading is the way to go usually um if especially if you're dealing with larger slabs i think it's a Mm. lot more easier to liquidate if you're uh if you have a bigger card as well and you you're looking to kind of get out of it where you don't want to necessarily put it to auction you trade down uh for maybe lower slabs plus a bit of cash uh whatever a combination of both um but yeah uh from from a trade perspective i think just uh being prepared for the show so you know your own inventory Make sure that you know your comps, your current comps, because people are going to use the same standards. There's nothing worse than, you know, using right. 2021 comps on your cards and you're expecting to get this. It's going to totally take the experience out of you because you're going to want to wheel and deal. It's, it's not easy. It's not like, Oh, let's go to this trade show and we're going to have this great time. I'm telling you, you're going to be sweat, sweating your sack off. <laughs> it's you're going to work. Like it's, it's work. work. Like it's, it's it not easy. And it's, it's, it's probably hot in there, you know, um, and uh, I, I personally like uh, d- 
doing around, you know, seeing what's around, seeing who's there, uh, looking for people that I've dealt with in the past, seeing what they have. Um, and usually the people that I deal with, uh, in the past, they're, I usually deal with them again, to be honest, right? Because yeah. it's not necessarily about, um, you know, who wins in that situation. A guy could, you know, move a card quicker than me. So he might be trading it, trading a card to me because it's more valuable to him and he could, you know, liquidate it quicker. I might, you know, uh, let go of it a little cheaper because I'm at the card show. He's offering it there. So try to get rid of, you know, like I said in earlier shows, like, uh, cards that you don't really care about. You know, this is your cash out period and whatever you can get, you know, give, give the guy a deal or the next person that wants to make a bit of money, get rid of it, recirculate and invest into uh, good buying opportunities at the card show. Yeah. yeah, good points. Yeah, I think Hyung's absolutely spot on with the having your comps be accurate. Mm-hmm. I remember there's one guy I was who was interested in doing some trades, and he asked me what the comp was on one card, and I comped it a little high because I knew I was gonna take a bath on it anyway. And he's <laughs> like, "That's not the price of that." And I was like, "No, it is." He's like, "No, I collect all of those cards on that parallel. That's not the comp." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's not." <laughs> he's just like. He doesn't want to do the deal anymore, and he's right? Because he's just like, yeah. well, I can't trust this guy. And But that's the same thing, right? Like, when I go to these booths and I see you're selling a Bobachette Tops Chrome PSA 10 that's valued at, like, what, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, mm-hmm. and you have it listed for $75, it's like, oh, yeah. okay. I know I'm not going to spend. I have a limited amount of time at this show and a limited amount of energy. I'm not going to waste my time with the guy who's comping mm. his cards at 5, 6x or yeah. comping at 2021 20, pricing. So I, I love what Hyung said about that. Um, for me, like I, I would say the, the biggest tip that I got was actually from YouTube and uh, watching kids go to trade shows and mm-hmm. like they have no shame. They're just like, let's just go to yeah. every booth. And and me and John were walking around at the last uh, expo. And this kid just came up to every booth. He's like, hey, do you, would you be interested in this card? And he's like, sure, how much? Like, 10 bucks. Like, all right. You know, like, <laughs> and then, like, he, uh, this one kid came up to one booth. He was like, hey, would you be interested in this card? He's like, no, man, I sold you that card yesterday. Like, I'm the same booth. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he just walks over to the next booth. He's like, hey, would you be interested in this card? He has no shame. He's not yeah. afraid. And um, I was really impressed. And I realized, oh, I can't be afraid to ask. Hmm. Right? Like, if you don't ask, you're never gonna you're never gonna be able to make a deal. Right. So you have to you have to be willing to put yourself out there. Good advice. And you get rejected a ton, but you just mm-hmm. let it wash off your shoulder. Right? Sales like, sales one oh one, right? Yeah. 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 You sure. just you just have to be prepared for a high level of rejection. And uh I don't know, what are what are some other good tips? Wear comfy shoes. <laughs> Wear comfy shoes, yes. <laughs> Very good. It's exhausting, Very man. Especially when you're primarily a baseball collector at the Toronto Sports Card Expo. And there's like maybe 15 baseball booths, but they're all like spread throughout the whole conference <laughs> center. So you got to mm-hmm. go back and forth. And I think that. cash still works, too. A lot yeah, of people need cash. like cash. You yeah. have to have cash. Yeah, have some cash on you. It, before it was like bring a boatload of cash. Now it's like bring decent amount of cash you could do any big transition transactions through you know digital means but like if if there's a you know a couple hundred dollar deal breaker here and there it's always good to kind of have that cash lying around just you could close the deal really quick right so yeah yeah Yeah. no really good advice and i can attest to will and and john's not here but both these guys like hustle you know like (laughs) it's like you know, uh, we go to the show together, and they're like, "Where are they?" They're, they just go off, and they're they're off to the races. Um, so yeah, like, and I think I did mention in a previous podcast episode, they should have all like, especially at the Sports Card Expo in Toronto, just have all the baseball card booths in the same area. That would help yeah. us a lot. This is my yeah. recommendation to the organizers of Sports Card Expo. Um, so yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. But you guys made some good points that I also had on the list. Like, um, well, you mentioned check the comps on the dealer's table. If they're if they're uh, not reasonable, don't even waste your time there. Yeah. You know, um, that's a really good point. Um, 
Hyung you just mentioned, like I'm always prepared to throw in a bit of cash to secure the trade. Usually, you know, it's it's rare uh, in my experience, anyways, to just do a straight up card for card ca- um, trade. Yeah. And you know, they want a little bit of cash. Um, you, you might have to overpay a little bit, but you know, if you believe in the player as an investor, or if you just like the card, you know. Why not overpay a little and just hold on yeah. to it, and then you just, you know, have confidence that it'll go up over time, right? So, yeah. especially so if you have profits in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Don't be too greedy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, come on, just make the deal, right? So, or it ends up being PC, and that's fine too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. got tons of cards that didn't pan out that are now <laughs> permanent PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Um, what other tips? I love like two for one or three for two deals if it works out for your favor. Yeah. You know, you want the best card in the deal. Yeah. And um, oh yeah, yeah. That, I was gonna know. say if you have like if you're the one who has the smaller cards yeah. and you're trying to like trade your bulk for one decent card, it's like yeah. you have to know that you're not getting close to value. Yeah, like, yeah. You are trading away your junk base PSA tens for like. 50 percent 60 percent right and you can't be you can't be upset because who wants to buy <laughs> who wants to buy that base stuff right like, yeah other than dealers that know they can liquidate it easier if they have a store back home right so yeah. so yeah give them the deal and it's, yeah. it's better for them to have it like honestly if you kept on to it if you held on to it it's just going to collect dust like who's yeah. You're gonna sell it for fifty percent on eBay, anyways, right? Uh, yeah. If if you're lucky. Actually, that so. reminds me. I think like on my first at the first expo, I had a ton of Bobachet PSA ten tops, right. either tops paper. Oh man, it's rookie mistakes. I should have listened. <laughs> I should have listened to Young. I should have listened. This podcast should have been out more. There should have been more episodes. I would have learned. But I ended up. I think like let's say it was like twenty bucks comped. I ended up selling it to him for like 15 each. And I think it was like seven or eight of them. And I was like, what are you going to sell them for? He's like, I'm going to try to sell them for like 18. He's like, if I make three bucks off each one, then I'm fine. And I was just like, man, this guy's hustling to try and make like 20 bucks off these cards. And I was like, I was actually grateful that I didn't have to do that. Hustle yeah. to try to make the 20 bucks. So I was like, yeah, I'll sell them at 15, you know? I'll sell them at 14 or whatever it was I ended up trading them away for. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we go on to the next segment, uh, is there are there any trades that kind of stick, uh, stick to your mind in terms of, like, good trades that you've made personally? I can only think of Clark's trade, though. Because <laughs> oh, he was literally a, right judge. next to me. That's a That's a good example of, like, if you did the comps at that time, the Lewis Robert rookie auto and the Boba Shed rookie auto added together wasn't as expensive or wasn't, you know, it was undervalued than compared to just to the Judge Refractor auto. Right. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was getting the better part of the deal at that time. Right. But, you know, you just, you, I just kind of had a hunch about Judge and it worked out in my favor. So yeah. that's a that's a good example. But I mean, well, I was there when uh, you got the Cunha. That was a pretty good trade. Which and Cunha's, oh, yeah. yeah. I ended the purple up auto? Purple Tops Chrome auto. Yeah. I, I can't complain. I traded away a bunch of base and lower. Oh, actually, he was chasing uh, Pete Alonso stuff. So I, I traded away some decent Pete Alonso stuff. But I'm pretty happy with the Acuna. Yeah, I think the thing I'm well. most, the thing I'm happiest about is the uh, the Otani short print that I got. I traded it from a booth uh, who doesn't value baseball cards at all. So <laughs> those are the ones that target. Oh, that's a that's a great tip. Like if mm. you see one sport that's not in line with the rest of the cards, then that guy or that girl probably doesn't really care about that card got it from right. someone else in a trade yeah. and is just looking to get rid of it so like i went to like one one booth that was like primarily pokemon and he had a lewis robert independence day psa 9 and i'm like all right I, i'm gonna get that yeah and then the other booth i got a shohei shohei uh, sp and bgs 95 and he he was like primarily a hockey guy so mm-hmm. so i think those are my happiest uh, trades Nice. Young, anything for you? Trading wise, I've I've sold a bunch. I, I, I sold a lot just because we we usually sell liquidate our slabs. This time I'm not setting up as a booth. Last time yeah. I was at the expo I made a huge deal on that Soto 
uh, Gatorade bath. I actually, oh yeah, I actually sold it. Um, oh yeah, I, I and it was it was up there, and uh, I remember my first one. That was when I uh, when I got the the Cunha Blue. Mm, that's um, great. The I traded the Cunha. Uh, I got I received the Cunha Blue uh, Bowman Chrome, and I traded like it was like a Volpe Refractor Auto at peak. Like I think it was like three K at the time that I pulled. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I sent it to PSA 10. That's why I traded too. So, the, oh yeah, the deal was, um, I had a Volpe refractor. I had a Beau Bichette, uh, gold, uh, Bowman chrome, like rookie auto PSA mm-hmm. 10. It was a pop one and a Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero gold wave PSA 10 that was valued at like 1600 at the time. Right. Uh, and then I had, and at the time, uh, he had a blue Bowman, uh, 20, um, I guess the Cunhas would have been 20, help me out, 2017, uh, Bowman Chrome. Bowman Chrome, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, he had a blue, and at the time, he had it listed for 15 Canadian. So I ended okay. up uh, trading a bunch of slabs for that with a little bit of cash, but I think I was only in like 7K Canadian. Uh, for that whole blue Acuna because I traded all the like the Volpe I ended up ripping I ended up sending to PSA so it was only a couple hundred bucks I got three thousand for that the Boba Shed I ended up uh, buying for like eleven hundred at the time I got like twenty two hundred for that you know just uh, I had a lot of value in that so when I traded you know I was getting max value for that card and then I uh, sold that that I held that blue Acuna and then sold it at Golden. Uh, for I think it was a record-breaking uh, sale for that Blue yeah. Acuna, which was the eighteen five, and uh, eighteen five US, and it was fifteen thousand US net. So hmm. um, yeah, I, I ended up doing really well on on that from, and it came from that Toronto Expo where I made a, a bunch of trades into a big card that ended up uh, I ended up uh, going to Golden with it. Yeah, nice. That was a huge one. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll mention too, like with trading, it's supposed to be fun. The best outcome is when both sides feel they've won the deal. You know what I mean? Like you just value different things with other collectors. So it's not about winning or losing a trade because it's impossible to tell at the time too anyways. Right. So if you're happy with what you got, then, then it's all good. I was going to say the best trades are the ones that kind of sting both sides. Right. right. (laughs) Where you're like, oh, like. I really hate losing this card. I really hate giving away this card. Mm, but then right, right. it's like, ah, uh, but there's potential in the card that I'm getting. And so, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, hopefully that was useful for our listeners. And uh, yeah, whenever you make it to the next local card show, uh, hope hope you use these tips and uh, let us know about it. See how it went for you guys. All right, let's go on to our next segment. We're calling overrated, underrated. And this edition is another grading edition because, you know, we can't talk about grading enough these days. Um, But this time, I'm going to give you specific grades, all right? So that's the catch here today, all right? So let's begin with the ultimate PSA 10 graded cards. Are they overrated or underrated? So this is, PSA 10 is interesting. Like, PSA 10 is almost like, I don't even know how to map (laughs) this out because... It's definitely overrated on the on on everybody's scale, but at the same time, I want to say underrated. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? it's the same synopsis as getting a PSA ten. It's like it could be a PSA ten, it might not be a PSA ten, but it's still a PSA ten, kind of like right. that. So I'm gonna actually go. Normally, I would say underrated because it's obvious. Why are we paying all this amounts, ridiculous amounts? But I'm gonna say PSA ten is a brand now. So there's so much brand value in a PSA 10 that I still think is industry standard. People are still paying a premium for it and you could still get a premium for it. So I'm going to say it is still underrated because so many people are overrating it, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm pure overrated just because I'm... I'm I hate PSA. I mean, no, I don't hate PSA. I hate grading. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Until you get um, your PSA tens. Oh yeah, I want all my cards to be PSA ten <laughs> when I send them in. But I fully admit, 
it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm with you, Hyun. Like, it's hard to say because, like, why is the PSA 10 the standard, right? And it hasn't even been the standard for that long, yeah. if you think about it, right? And but. Facts are facts. It is the standard. And I really like what you said about it being a brand. Like people say, yeah, it's a PSA 10. And especially in this market, when things are down, PSA 10 PSA seems 10, to be the yeah. only thing that holds value, right? Absolutely. Meaningful value. So I'm going to say it's underrated still, although I hate that answer. Um, it's underrated <laughs> at this point in time. All right, let's let's look at the PSA 9. What do you guys think? Ooh, I'm, nines are fine. We always say it in a hobby. Nines are fine. Super <laughs> underrated. Because I guarantee you half of those nines are BGS 9.5s. So if you're, mm, feeling, if you're feeling a little uh, in a gambling mood and you don't want to rip, why don't you just go crack and submit PSA 9s all day? You could get a deal and maybe <laughs> you know make some money in between. Well, I mean, okay. those PSA 9s, if you crack them and send them back to PSA, they're probably... Half of they, them are eights and half of them are tens. They split the difference. That's it. Makes sense, though. <laughs> We're exposing PSA now. No, we love you. Hey, I had a great submission. Keep those coming. And I'm looking forward. I'll to give you my. I'll put my collector's PSA. number up there. <laughs> I think I think nines are underrated. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, you look at the value of PSA nines though. Right now, eh? They're like equal to raw. Yeah, right? that's, so, that's stupid. So that's crazy to me. So I don't know how to rank this. Is it now overrated because it just doesn't hold value anymore? And you're grading it for, you know, it doesn't, it's not cheap grading it and then getting it back at PSA 9. You're losing value on it most likely, right? So I'm going to say overrated, slightly overrated. I will say something. PSA 9s, here's what I, I like about PSA 9s. I like PSA okay. 9s that have great autos. To me, those are great hmm. BGS candidates. Like okay. to me, like yeah. a, a PSA nine that looks clean, and maybe you submitted it on a bulk submission, and it looks clean. You're like, I don't know how this didn't PSA ten has a great auto. Crack that, in my opinion. Submit to BGS. You can get the ten auto potentially the nine five. That's a huge bump in my opinion from a PSA nine non auto. Uh, so yeah, that's just a kind of side note there. Yeah, it's a play for sure. All right, uh, next one. We're going to move to Beckett. And, you know, with the whole Beckett scale fiasco that we talked about in the previous episode uh, with Will and John uh, last week, just wanted to get your thoughts because we don't know what's happening. There hasn't been any new announcements as of this recording. So want to see what you guys think uh, might be the play here. BGS 9.5, the true gem, quad gem. The initial um, announcement that Beckett made would have devalued this the most. Big so do, do you guys feel better about it that they retracted? I don't know. What are you doing with true gem quad gems? I think they're underrated in my opinion. Um, I think for the most part, a lot of people, I think one, there's, there's a, there's a super high demand for true gems regardless, even though there's a, I guess a, a BGS has been in kind of like uh, everybody's kind of uh, brown list. I'd say um, I think this this is the only thing that are pristine 10s and I, I guess true gems, uh, true gem plus, uh, people are still after, in my opinion. Um, I think you could snag them for sometimes as low as half of a PSA 10. To me, that is, that is a play in itself. Like, I think longevity wise, I think it's, it's a great move, in my opinion. And I think you could buy very good deals, uh, at, current uh, market prices right now so i'm going to say bgs 9.5 true gems are underrated okay yeah yeah bgs prices are just so low in comparison and for me like all i want my grading company to do is just tell me it's gem mint i don't care what number that is i don't care if what the subgrades say as long as it says that it's gem mint for me, I, I look at them all the same. PSA 10, BGS 9.5, and I know we're going to talk about SGC as well. Like I, all That's all I want the grading company to tell me. Is there some visible flaw to this card? Is mm -hmm. it authentic? That's all I, that's all I need the card, the card grading company to do. And the fact that you could buy some BGS 9.5s at like half the cost of PSA 10s, it doesn't make sense because that's... Right. 
just to quote last week's episode, that's a pizza box. Like you're paying <laughs> double the price for a fancier pizza box. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, you, so you guys aren't worried, eh? That the whatever Beckett decides to do, the true gem, quad gem, they're not gonna like. because no, you just cross it over. Like Hyung will, Hyung will crack all my cards for me, and we'll send them off to PSA I've cracked again enough and again. That I have confidence now. I always sweat though. <laughs> <laughs> you're always like god damn why did i do this <laughs> yeah you know what I, I i love the true gem quad gems i was really disappointed at the especially at the news before they retracted so i'm glad to see that they're rethinking what they said and yeah. you know i think i mentioned in the past episode that they were sending out surveys i signed up for it um and to give my input and one of those questions were um what do you think about BGS 9.5 true gem quad gems? They're very specific about mm. that question. And for me, the answer was like, people value this as a true gem mint. Like this is, you know, in some people's eyes, a PSA 10, right? right? And and um, by, you know, devaluing them uh, with the initial announcement, that's, that's going to, of course, anger a lot of collectors. So I hope in my survey, I got that point across. And I hope I influenced them enough to <laughs> to bump these guys to BGS ten, gem mint. You know, to your point, uh, will that they become BGS ten gem mints now? So I'm banking on that happening. Until that happens, uh, I'm you know I'll take the risk, get, pick up pick up some more true gem quad gem cards that yep. I like. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, BGS nine point five. You know, I was gonna say min gem, but I'm gonna throw in also like because you mentioned will like you just care about whether it's gem mint, kind of like PSA 10's gem mint, SGC 10's gem mint. So instead of doing mint gem, what do you guys think about BGS number grades with no subgrades? <laughs> it, it just new says grade. gem mint. So BGS 10 with the new grading system, just say BGS 10, gem mint. BGS 9, uh, mint plus, I don't know, whatever they turn, you know what I mean? Just they get rid of the subgrades because... PSA and SGC don't have it. What do you think if BGS starts going that route? Because they offered, um, actually, one of the questions on the survey was, what do you think about $9 BGS grading fees for zero subgrades? Wow. And that's crazy. Wow. $9? But what, like, see, to, to me as a business guy, I'm trying to figure out the logistics. How do you go from 30 bucks to 9 bucks? What have you cut off other than, like, if you're grading the car, you got to look at the same thing. You got to look at the corners, the edges, <laughs> yeah, ink. the surface. Printer ink is twenty one dollars. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 just trying to figure out where is how like you still have to grade it. So is it just you know what I mean? They're they're able to process it quicker. Or are they just doing a scan like a rock hard review? Like to me, right. I I Maybe. think I think older older cards you could get away with no non subgrades because. You know, nobody wants to take the risk of cracking a nine five with no subgrades of a LeBron James, you know, um, you know, Topps Ooh. Chrome rookie, for instance, right? Because uh, that could easily come back, you know, a BGS eight or whatever it is. So um, I think I personally don't like non subgrade BGS cards. I think I think the whole point of BGS is that subgrade. Like it, that's kind of what defines them and. To me, if they go that route, then they're no different than SGC or even a CSG at this point, where mm. it's just like, okay, I want the min gem or, or not the min gem, the, the, the true gem plus. That's what I'm looking for. Anytime I send a card to BGS, especially modern cards, I, I'm looking for either pristine 10 because that fetches a premium or I want that 9.5 and if if it if it does true gem and true gem plus that's a huge huge bonus so for me yeah. the subgrades are everything with bgs i would not submit if there was no subgrade options all right so highly overrated for you in this case. highly overrated okay yeah well well i think overall bgs 95 whether it's min gem or whatever or no subgrades it's underrated because it's not valued as much as psa 10s but Hyung's point, like I'm, I was nodding my head. Like it doesn't make sense. Like if you're offering a nine dollar, like nine dollar grading, mm -hmm. like your whole thing, like you keep losing the point. Like you lose <laughs> the plot. 
You are a grading company that offers subgrades. Like, that's your bread and butter. That's what people want to see from your company. Why are you... If you want to do really well by your by your clientele, by your customer base, do $9 with subgrades. And I guarantee you everyone's going to come back to BGS. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be like, wow, that's amazing. And so when you're saying like, oh, it's $9 without subgrades versus $30, like like Kyung said, it's like, what's the difference here? Like, are you yeah. saying that your $9 one you're not going to look into as carefully? Like, Because then mm-hmm. that just... Again, Beckett just devalues their own brand by coming up with some of these ideas. Like, I've never seen a company shoot themselves in the foot and in the (laughs) face as often as they do with their ideas. Like, who is in charge? They need to hire Clark and Chung. Who is in charge? That's why Beckett is the most, like, it's, it's crazy. Like, the biggest thing with Beckett, too, just, I, I'm ranting here, but, like, for us, we all know what, what was Beckett known to us as? Not even before great. Exactly. The magazine. Yeah. Like, to yeah. me, that was, like, the grail. I, and I have one. I actually have a magazine. They need to implement that. So, with the, I know the last uh, episode we talked about uh, platforms and stuff. Beckett mm-hmm. should just have their Beckett price guide accessible and you have the prices going up or prices going down every every month you know what i mean you have the priceless accessible online where you could just you know find your card and there's your market value but anyways um yeah like beckett get your you know head out of your butt you know seriously yeah i used to really like beckett that's why i still have bgs slabs I, i i haven't sent one single uh, a card to BGS ever since that debacle. Yeah. Still. Which debacle? Debacle number one? The many one? debacles. Debacle number, <laughs> number one. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic oh, and they just debacle. shut down and didn't, yeah. they ghosted everyone? Peace. Peaced out. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that I mean, that's their number one, uh, you know, customer service should be their number one concern. Yeah. And not all those, uh, you know, other, right. other things we're discussing now. Like, yeah. So hopefully, to your point, well, is there someone capable in charge listening to the masses or at least the BGS fans out there like us? You know, we, I wanted to succeed. I said this before in other podcast episodes. I need BGS to succeed because I love the slaps. I, you know, I personally like it better than PSA. I know some of you guys don't, but, um, uh, and I love the subgrades. The subgrades exactly to your point too, you know, like that's why we get BGS. And I see the temptation to go non-subgrades to be, to compete more aligned with PSA and SGC, but, um, but you're not going to compete with those guys. Like it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a futile effort in my opinion. All right. Last one. We're going to go to SGC. SGC 10 which is their only gem mint. Mm. I'm going to say underrated uh, based on value. I don't mind SGC-10s. I, I personally have SGC-10s in my collection, um, even my PC. I have uh, I have a couple, actually, and I don't mind them at all. Like uh, yeah. I don't mind SGC slabs. I think a lot of people don't like them. They think they're ugly, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think they're underrated and you could find great deals. Like we said, it's always SGC hunting. I'll I'll go SGC hunting and pay 50% of a PSA 10 slab yep. any day. Any yep. day of the – like any card. I'll be happy with it, right? So like for me, I think it's super underrated. And I think SGC is making a storm just because they're, they're doing things right uh, in terms of, you know, how they're approaching – grading how they approach customer service how they're offering deals at release this encourages people to rip and submit you know these are all proactive things that uh we need to expect from a, a large player in the game um like mm-hmm. sgc beckett psa you know these guys are the leading uh kind of like uh, graders in our industry so that's this is what we need to expect from them so like i said i've been nothing but happy you know, a lot of praises to SGC. A lot of people don't like the resale value right now, but it's all the way you see it. You know, some people could look at it as a poor resale value from a seller's perspective, but from a buying opportunity, you know that that's a that on the flip side, that's a great buying opportunity sure. as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, for my PC, like 
if I send it to grading, it's most likely going to be SGC just because I like the slabs there the most. Mm. Um, I think it looks really clean. I, I, I Like I said in previous podcasts, I just like the minimalist look. I don't want too much other than the card to be showing. So right. a lot of my PC stuff I, I actually sent off to SGC. Um, and like Kyung saying, like I'm targeting SGC cards at this sports cards expo because I know people don't value it the way that I value it. Mm. Now, obviously, with all of these cards, like I'm not targeting like base. Like right. it's like if I see a Vladdy Topps Chrome Blue Auto, and it's in an SGC slab, that's as to me that's as good as a PSA slab or a BGS slab. Mm. There's a hundred fifty of these made, and maybe like 40 or gem mint across the three companies so it's like like i don't care if it's an sgc slab like right. that's a card that i'm like that's i'm gonna keep for a very long time in value so i'll go sgc hunting with young at the show we'll try to find some some ones and like like young saying like they, they try really hard they do a lot of different promos they do a lot of different things mm-hmm. and uh you know I always get comments about the analogies that I use, especially on this podcast. But to me, it's like it's like that guy or that girl that um, you know they try really hard. They're not the best looking, <laughs> but but they have a really good personality, and they they're really committed to that person that they're trying to get after, and they're they're always there. They're reliable, and they're they're you know they're always trying to wow that person. And eventually, you can change their heart. You can you can get them to fall in love with you, and that's I feel like SGC. That's that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm, I like that. Yeah, they, like, I'm I'm in love with them. I, I love SGC slabs, so yeah, they got me. I like that comparison. You come up with the gems for sure. <laughs> That's a true gem plus. That's, there you go. <laughs> you know what? When you describe, I think I'm an SGC then. You know, like I'm not the greatest looking guy, but you know, my personality takes me a long way. <laughs> so I'll take that as a compliment. Well, you know? we know we know all of our, each other's like families and loved ones and whatever. Yeah. We all we all did great for ourselves. So. Agreed. One hundred percent. Yeah. We all trade it uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah I like it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say much more than saying SGC 10 is undervalued. Yeah, for sure. When you see the listings on SGC 10 cards on eBay, like they're not premium right now. Yeah. But I mean, like SGC as a brand is here to stay. They're true competitors. And I think it's just a matter of time that they'll be, you know, up there competing with PSA and BGS. And some might argue they're already surpass bgs um, at this point so sgc is here to stay i have confidence in them as a grading company and uh yeah like you like you said even especially the double dimes 10 10 grade 10 auto it looks nice pretty sweet yeah. yeah pretty sweet all right that wraps up another edition of overrated underrated i know there was a couple that johnny suggested on whatsapp chat we'll save that for when he returns because uh there's a bunch of different grades possible out there and uh, it's fun to Fun to talk about, uh, for sure. Okay, let's finish off the show with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And if you're new to the show, this is when we put up two cards or two sets or two players, and then we each debate on which one we would rather invest in. So, Hyang, do you want to start things off? Do the honors? Uh, you know what? We'll go Will. Guess okay. Let's, let's go up. Will. Yeah, let's change it up a bit. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this. I got to pull up my notes. <laughs> okay, my uh, my 1v1 are the second most and the third most PSA 10 gem mint graded cards. <laughs> so the second most is the 2019 Prism Zion Williamson base. Oh, man. Has a pop of 22,713 wow. PSA 10s. Uh, and the average sales for the last two weeks have been about, and there's been about like 40 sales. Um, and over the last two weeks and the last three months, it's about like $75 US versus the number three most PSA 10 gem mint graded cards, which is the 2018 Tops Update Juan Soto uh, US 300. And that has a pop of 22450 and uh, the average sales for that is about 55 US. 
Yeah. So pop is almost the same, 22,700, 22,450. Um, and Zion 7075, and Juan Soto's 55. So which one are you buying? Man, um, I'll, I'll go first on this. Uh, as you a have base- to buy one, Young. As a baseball guy, come on, what am I going to buy? And the I, I, ironic part of this is I have one and not the other. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> I, I would pick the Soto in this in this case wow. because you know what the US three hundred is a legendary card to me. US three hundred is an iconic card from the get go from a hobby perspective. It's paperback. It's flagship. Like we always looked at the US three hundred as kind of like Soto's true rookie card. So I'll leave it at that with with Soto. Uh, on the flip side, Zion. A lot of injury concerns that we've we've been talking about. You know, and his he's the worst dressed player officially, right? In the NBA. <laughs> like so that that that's a fact, you know. Uh so um yeah, for me, you're you're paying twenty five percent more for, for Zion anyways. I'm going cheap with the Soto uh, at fifty yeah. bucks uh on this one. But uh yeah, I uh I think uh I think the Sotos were as high as like 300 bucks at one point, those Sotos. I think his peak was wow. about 300 But Zion's was like... Zion's peak was like almost 1000 Oh, that's that's crazy. <laughs> so you're not, you're not swayed by that? Yeah, I'm not by swayed peaks. by that because of the way Zion dresses. So <laughs> that, I'm out. I'm out. That was the last straw. Wow, okay. The last straw was his attire. Yeah, he needs uh, help in that, in that department for sure. <laughs> Um, you know what? It's easy for me. Not just because I'm a baseball guy, too. I'm obviously cho- choosing Juan Soto. But both these cards are just not going to appreciate in value. So I'd rather lose 50 bucks than 75 bucks, okay? That's <laughs> so, a good way to look at Juan it. Juan Soto. Juan Soto all the way. You know, it's it's just going to go down or stay right now. I guess it'll it's, it'll stay at this price. So, yeah. This is... Um, we're past the hype. <laughs> the 2021 hype. So, there you go. So Corner maybe of the market. because... Maybe it's just because I want to be a contrarian. Um, I own the US 300. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that card. Like, it's an iconic, it's a beautiful card. Yeah. But I think I want, I want one Zion. And I feel like, I feel like Zion, he has the ability, like, because basketball hobby wise is, is like way more volatile and has higher peaks. And I feel like, you know, there's always a chance. There's always a chance Zion's going to have a crazy year. Mm-hmm. And then that card's going to go up in value. And then, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go Zion, even though I love baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I understand that logic. For sure, there's a world where that happens. But <laughs> <laughs> it's an alternate dimension that We're I don't talking I just multiverses don't see. now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where Zion's the best dresser and the best basketball player. There's a multiverse out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to go young or should I go? You, you go ahead. I'll go last. Okay. Um, so I chose basketball. Speaking of basketball, guys. Uh, so I got on one hand, Shea Gilgis Alexander um, with the OKC Thunder. Really killing it there. So he has a PSA 10 silver prism. Pop count of 557. And it last sold for th- almost $340. All right, so 340, pop count of 560 about. And then on the other side, I'm going back to this, Luka Doncic, Silver Prism, PSA 10. And that has a pop count, as we know, of almost 2,200. And it's going down. It's sold for just about 1,500 now. So, yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, you're going to pay the 3X price for Luka or or are you going to go with Shea? You go ahead, Will. What was the uh, what was the peak for Luca Silvers? Peak for Luca Silvers, like That's five grand. Ridiculous! That's so crazy. I think it was seven. I think it was really high. Oh my god! That's really nuts. So yeah, it's it's gone down for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like everyone says, Luca's the next goat and all of this stuff and whatever. But I gotta be honest, I was never. Never fully convinced. What? Yeah, I'm still not there. <laughs> I I don't. Oh, man. Okay. I don't know that his that he will make his teammates 
better. I don't know. And maybe it's because Dallas has always had just such a crappy team. Sure. But when I watch Shea, like, he makes everyone better. He is Mm. so dynamic. And I feel like his brand of basketball is so much more enjoyable to me. Um, So... And he's Canadian, so <laughs> right. I pick Shea. Okay, yeah. the The peak actually for Luca's Silver Prism PSA ten was just over nine thousand. Holy oh god! I also don't want to spend that much money for a hollow, like a silver hollow with two thousand pop count. Yeah, so I'll go Shea. I'm Shea okay. all the way. Man, right. so so what what are we are we doing this for investment purposes or are we doing this for like sure? Investment purposes. If if it's oh man, if it's investment purposes, what do you know? What what was the bottom of Luca Silver PSA tens? Other than like pre COVID, um, I think it's pretty close to right now. now. It, yeah. it is the bottom. See, I yes. I I personally think there's still bottom to go with Luca on these silvers. That's my concern. At fifteen hundred bucks, it's it's a good deal. Like I said, I I said I said somewhere around a thousand that's that's my bottom for luca silvers that's where it probably should be priced and sga i think has a lot more room to grow um but like i said sga basically averaged 30 plus points uh this year and his card went pretty much sideways after january and even down a bit right so i don't know if 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 Shay is going to have the hobby love because he's doing everything right and he still doesn't get kind of like the hobby love. But like I said, Luca could also go down in value. So I think the safer investment at this point would be Shay. But I think the more I would still go Luca because of the how much people are on him. Like <laughs> li- liquidity does matter and SGA is 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 very hard in terms of liquidity I think. I think Luca Silver that's good as it's it's good as cash, right? Like you can move that really really quick, sure. really easily. So I just man, 1500 bucks is a lot though for for that card. 3 330 for for that uh Shea. Yes, 340. You know what? Yep. I'm going 340 with the Shea. <laughs> that's way too cheap. <laughs> Okay, all that preamble, and then he switches. He pulled a yeah, John. I right pulled there. a John. I pulled a John. It's too too big of a price difference. <laughs> okay, well, I mean that's why I threw it out there. Like the I have a silver prism, as you know. I'm I'm getting nervous. I just I agree with you. I think the bottom could still like is still falling. So I'm gonna try to trade it at the show that's coming up next week, or at least just sell it for fifteen around there. And then just try to reinvest that into something else. Four, four, four shays. Four shays. <laughs> Maybe one shay and something else. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, at this point, just because I feel like the bottom's still going to drop for Lucas Silver, and it looks like it's stabilizing for Shea. He's probably going to make all NBA team, first team this year. Um, and the pop count, it's like a quarter of Luca. Like at some point, I know sometimes it's futile to go against Hobby Logic. You could be waiting forever to like think that Hobby Logic is going to be, it's going to change at some point. But that's just uh, lower pop and that price point is too uh, good to give up. So I'm going with Shea too. And the tiebreaker is that he's Canadian. So <laughs> Shea sweep. And if anyone wants a Lucas Silver, I'm selling. <laughs> all, right. all right with that uh thanks again for tuning in will of course hey you, again, you forgot you forgot mine i, I went i oh, went last and i got so used to him going first. i know you messed me up you messed me up we, this is the last time we're doing this order <laughs> all right young yeah, let's get let's well go. since we talked about wander and his hot start in the last episode um yeah let's go wander shopping um so if, if he does pan out, uh, there might be some opportunities. I'm going to go a rookie card versus prospect card in this situation. So mm. uh, 2022 Topps Chrome Sapphire Wanda Franco, PSA 10. Last sold for, I think it was 600 on the uptrend. But a lot of those in March, April were at 400. So I, I, I would say around 500, 500 bucks for a Sapphire 10. 
uh, of Wander and the pop counts at 48 versus a 2019 Bowman Chrome, his first non-auto atomic first uh, mm-hmm. PSA 10 with a pop count of 131 last sold for 520. So they kind of had look, had look like sapphires. The, even right. the atomic looks like a, like a white sapphire, the blue sapphire versus kind of like the white sapphire in 2019. Uh, both 500 bucks. Uh, if you're going to invest in a Wander Franco, a PSA 10 for 500 bucks, which one are you guys going to choose? So the atomic is numbered, yeah? It's not. Or, the the oh, it's auto not. the auto is numbered to a hundred. The atomic is one per hobby box. That's the that's the kind of like um when you're pulling it, it you uh-huh. had one atomic card per hobby box. So it's like an SP. Uh-huh. So they're both um they're not uh like a serial numbered. No, uh no, they're both not ser- non serial yeah, numbered, yeah. but lower pop count. Forty eight yeah. On the sapphire, and then one thirty-one on the atomic. So I like I like the atomic look, and I like the sapphire look. I I really like those designs. Um, for me, it all goes down to my hatred for Bowman Chrome or Bowman. <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> I just I just don't like seeing skinny versions of these baseball stars <laughs> when they're 15 years old and they're wearing like minor league jerseys it's minor and, league life and they're like <laughs> <laughs> and they're eating pbj sandwiches yeah trying to survive but i just like i i like uh wander's tops chrome image a little bit more so i'll go with that one interesting sapphire tops chrome the that's the image where he's Dumping his chest? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like his his flagship Topps Chrome image. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, man, I usually go for the Bowman. But I know. I don't think you have yeah, one. You're, you're one, a Bowman guy. He is not a flagship rookie type type guy at all. No. If I do, <laughs> I, if I do, I send it to SGC to grade and then I sell it right away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I had the US 300 once, so no. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. SGC 10. Yeah, 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 and got a hundred bucks for it. Nice. So there you go. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. It looks weird without the auto. It's the exact same picture of the with the auto, right? Like yeah. the Bowman Chrome. Um, and I don't know if I'm an auto snob. I just need the auto, <laughs> right? So if it doesn't have the auto, then I'm gonna lean towards the Topps Chrome because it's kind of a color match too with the sapphire. Yeah, and yeah. and and um, I like that image of that's like. You know, there's some images that I don't care for for when when we talk about tops, tops chrome, but that one of one or one uh, so that one of uh, Wander Franco is pretty pretty cool. So I'm gonna go with the sapphire as well. Nice, yeah. It's gonna and be it's a, a lower pop, right? Yeah, it's it's 48 versus 131. Yeah, so there you go. Man, Clinched. I I I would have never thought that you would have picked uh, <laughs> the sapphire, but I, it's gonna be a sapphire sweep. I just think it's uh, it's priced right. The atomics aren't uh, as yeah. scarce as you would like them to be, so that kind of uh, draws me off of it. But a lot of people like the first Bowman Chrome image. Sure. You know, it's a, a Wander's Auto is a huge chase in that set, so it, it kind of is an iconic card. Whereas the Sapphire is a lot newer. But you look at the successful Sapphires in the past, uh, starting with Acuna Sapphire leading the way, you know, has huge, huge upside with that card. And then you go to the Tati Sapphire, the Otani Sapphire. Uh, they're, they're, they've all done well in the past at peaks. And I think at 500 bucks, I remember I will, even with Vladdy Sapphires, I, I, I think I had 20 Vladdy Sapphires at one point, uh, because uh-huh. they were, they were like 200 bucks each. Everybody thought they were crazy. Uh, PSA 10s, I submitted all of them. Probably had like 12 PSA 10s out of the, out of the 20. And, you know, um, they ended up going over a thousand bucks when I sold. Right. So like uh, to me, Sapphire has a history of doing well in terms of uh, uh, grow, like in terms of the potential, especially with the pop count. And if Wanda Franco kind of goes off, this is where the pop count, I think, really holds value well is uh, is you won't see a lot of sapphire sales until they start going higher there's only 48 that exist so i'm going to go with the lower pop count in this case and and the upside of the sapphire set uh as my uh decision and now you may 
<laughs> I feel That's like there one. needs to be more attention drawn to the fact that Clark picked the Topps Chrome flagship. Yeah, this is. I, I'm calling. This is. I'm calling BS on this here. This is. This is not right. You know what? Let me sleep on it, and I'll get back to you on the next uh, podcast episode. See if I change my mind. All right. Okay. So now we can end the show. Thanks uh, to everyone for listening, and thanks Will again for joining the pod. He's always a reliable substitute. And uh, yeah, I know the fans love it. So we'll see you guys next week for a brand new episode. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.